After the fatal duel with Monsieur de Bregue and the warning by his seconds, Joel is journeying back to Paris. His mind rejects any idea of danger and is filled instead with thoughts of Mademoiselle de Tremblay, whom he hopes to meet that evening at Vespers at the Church of St. Paul's. But while he travels, his thoughts so happily occupied, plans of quite another nature are being made for Mademoiselle de Tremblay. Aramis, the Duke of Almada, sits before the huge carved marble of his fireplace, an old and elegant figure in his great armchair, staring thoughtfully, as if he could not quite understand the import of the words he has just heard. You are certain of these things, Valerie? Quite certain, my lord. Marchioness makes no secrets of her feelings. And you say that she seems more than ever assured of the power of her charms and the success of her ambition. She is most confident, my lord. And both openly that she's been told by a fortune teller that Louis will soon be free to marry her. And by so doing, will raise her to supreme rank in the realm. By so doing, he will ruin all our hopes and projects completely. And is His Majesty expected back? According to my information, he's expected to return from Lille de Saint-Germain almost immediately. Then we must make haste. The circumstances force our hands. We must produce at court immediately the antidote to this noxious influence. The ones who will eclipse in youth and beauty the Marchioness de Montespan. Mademoiselle de Tremblay? Exactly. Then you carried out my instruction? To the letter, my lord. I had her followed when she left the Nantes. He's staying with an ancient relative, whose infirmities keep her indoors in the Rue Tournette. Oh. He comes forth in the mornings to call on various lawyers, prophets, and so on. And in the evening has announced her intention of attending vespers at the church of St. Paul. You have done well. Now, can you find me some bold fellow devoid of principle who will do any kind of work if he be well paid for it? I have the very fellow you want. Your Excellency will be well suited. He styles himself Captain Codbus, and has been recently up in the country. He needs work. You can have him at a reduced price. Oh, well, things fit in for me. And uh, how long may I depend on his services? As long as your purse holds out, Malone. Good, good. Then you'll arrange anything. Hmm? I can do so immediately. The rogue is here and waiting. Here? Now? You are a mind reader and invaluable to me. Knowing the urgency of this matter, my lord, I took the liberty of bringing Captain Cordell with me. I'll bring him in now if you wish it. Will you see him immediately? Yes, Bardarie, yes, at once. Ah, Bardarie, my friend. How D'Artagnan, Athos, and Porthos would have looked with contempt upon the webs I am spinning now. My lord, we work towards the great goal. Oh, those valiant champions of the wronged and oppressed. <laughs> but times have changed. The great conspiracies have gone and given place to domestic intrigues. <laughs> the old man's privilege to think nostalgically of the past and its glories. Oh, but uh, come, let us do the business in hand. Uh, bring me your rogue, uh, Cardinal friend. Let us prepare a reception at St. Paul's for the lovely Mademoiselle Aurore.
magnificent falls in the gathering Paris twilight. Its spires reaching up to the darkening sky. Its steps worn saucer-shaped by the feet of centuries. In its dim, candlelit pews, a few old women listen to evening prayers. And Mademoiselle Aurore de Tremblay kneels reverently in the chapel of the Virgin. Outside, where the shadows are closing into pools of darkness, two people are waiting for her. On the worn steps, the tall figure of Joël. And over the road, half hidden in a doorway, the redoubtable Captain Cordbouf with several of his followers. Should she not be out by now, comrades? We have not much experience with church-going, Captain. Uh, I warrant you haven't. Only you recognize the man upon the steps there. There's something most familiar in his side. And so there should be. But it is none other than the Breton peasant whom we met upon the Sama Road. And it seems we're waiting for the same young lady. And I'll be glad to meet the rogue again and to have the saucy damsel in my power, too. <laughs> Don't forget the pretty bird has beak and claws to defend herself, as well as the rustic. Have we not a gag to prevent her making too much noise? As for the crown, we've ten good blades to do for him. Did you see Big Purse? Yes. He's in the coach waiting. At the end of the little lane where they must walk. I gave him your instructions. And the rest of the men? Bear with him. Quiet now. Here she comes. He's joined the rustic on the steps. We'll follow quietly and at a safe distance until I give the signal. No nonsense, mind. It is the special order of the noble lord who employs us. Take your time and do the thing well. Come now. This sudden darkness means a storm. Tell me, have you commenced your inquiries? Do you still count upon the success of your mission? I have made some inquiries, but unfortunately too little purpose. But what of your steps? Do they bid fair? Alas, I am not one to make supplication, having a proud spirit. If it were my own money was at stake, and not that of these poor orphan children... You would give up the task then? Most certainly. And leave town the next day. Leave town? What else would you expect? I am not a Parisian. I am frightened and alone in this great city. How much better to live in the country that I know. My country is your own too. With the wild rose and the golden firs. The cliffs and the ocean. And you would be content to dwell there. Alone. I should esteem myself. Happy above all women, if I had beside me one whom my heart had chosen. You mean some grand nobleman? Oh, my poor Joël, no. I am poor, and I've confessed that I'm proud. And this very pride prevents me from accepting anything from the man who weds me, save the wedding ring. But as a daughter of a noble, I am bound not to marry beneath me. Oh, why do you sigh? I am patient. And we are young. 
Can we not wait in confidence until heaven shall have blessed our efforts? Or until either you find your sire's name or make one for yourself? Merciful heaven! What are you saying? Simply, I believe you love me. Am I not right? Indeed, mademoiselle. Aurora, I do not know how you could have guessed. And yet, yes, I love you with all my heart. You are my life. And have been since the moment I set eyes upon you. And I love you. To learn which, I had no need to hear the tale from your lips. I had but to listen to the beating of my own heart. Aurora. I cannot believe that this is true, and yet, see, I hold you in my arms. So frail, so small you are. Yet strong in my love for you, Joanne. Oh, to see the very heavens are thundering out our love. Come with us, hurry, or we shall get wet. One kiss before we go. <gasps> oh, behind you! Joanne, look behind you! Yeah. So much for your protector, my fine lady. Help! Help! You help! Come down this way. We have a carriage waiting for you. Help! 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 I'm coming! Here, lockbreaker, hold her. I'll deal with this gentleman. Unhand her! Out of my way! Aurora! No passage this way, my lord. You! The captain of the royal marauders. None other. And I'll mark you this time for good where my pistol ball left the tree. My sword will answer you, my gallows bird, though not the business hanger. So much for you. And now for these fine birds. Who's next for my sword? Stand back, Aurora, while I deal with them. Come now, who's next? You, sir, or you? Stand back, you villains. Stand and fight like men. Aurora, are you hurt? Have they harmed you? Truly, I'd have killed the three of them with my own bare hands as I harmed a hair of your head. Joanne, Joanne, I am not hurt. So afraid that I can scarcely stand. And so you saved me from these rogues. I split his head the knave and would have run the others through had they stayed. Yet heaven help us, Joel. For this time we're lost. It seems the whole army has sprung from cracks in the ground. <laughs> and even your sword cannot cope with all this load. Sometimes it is wiser to retreat. And yet I, I swear I cannot run a step. Save yourself, Joel, for I cannot walk, let alone run. Save myself and leave you here. Quickly, let me carry you. Oh, hurry, Joel, hurry and leave me, for I will impede your progress. And there is no time. No more than a feather. There you are. There he is. There. Held on his shoulders, running like a dog. Stop him. And well for you that I am on my own. For had I not this precious burden, my sword would have had a gala day among you. I see no sign of any of the villains. The storm has fought upon our side. They'll never find us in this downpour. Hurrah! Mercy on us, is she dead? Hurrah! No, no, it is but a faint. As on the summer highway, and who can blame her? She's frightened half to death and now wet through. I must find some place for her, or she will die. And yet I know not where we are and cannot see. The rain is like a wall all around us. Yet wait! That lightning showed a door that seemed familiar. Can it... Am I... I am. The Lord be praised. 
I do believe we are safe. Merciful heavens, what apparition is this out of this I, I do beseech you, go to your mistress. Tell her I need her help. Tell her Joelle of Locmaria has come to claim her promise. Take me quickly to Francoise Dominier. 